It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week here on the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season, we have the weekly Friday mailbags. Go ahead and get your questions into me now, as tomorrow is Friday, either at me or DM me, but first follow me at Julian Council. On today's show, it's another Thursday, which means it's time for a crossover episode with David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Washington Football Podcast. So I'll talk to David about the big-time matchup here on Sunday afternoon, homecoming at Bank of America Stadium, as Cam makes his debut in front of the home fans for the second time. As a Carolina Panthers starting quarterback, Ron Rivera's back home, Kyle Allen's back home, Taylor Haneke, and Joey Sly gets his second revenge game of the season. So we'll get to all of that and more after this message from our friends over at Get Upside. Hey, Panther fans, you already know. It's Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Back here for another crossover Thursday on Locked On Panthers and on Locked On Washington football team. Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers, Joined this week by David Harrison, the host of Locked On Washington football team. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Looking forward to this matchup. It's always fun to watch an NFC South team, even though I'm covering Washington now as well for the first season. You know, this this is right in my wheelhouse. I feel like I'm more comfortable and more familiar with these teams. Uh, so even as I continue my my knowledge of the Washington football team, I feel like this kind of gives me a little bit of an edge. Yeah, well, familiarity is the storyline this week, right? It's kind of a homecoming of sorts yeah. for a lot of folks involved. Obviously, you asked me about Cam Newton, his return to the Carolina Panthers later on in the show, but it will be his debut in his second stint as a Carolina Panther, as he should be starting on Sunday. It also will be the return of their former coach and the guy who coached Cam Newton for those nine seasons here in Carolina, Ron Rivera. From what you've gathered so far this week, how much does this game mean to Ron and this team coming up to Charlotte? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on the public surface, he's he's doing kind of the, the normal song and dance of, you know, he was asked today if he holds any ill will or bitterness towards the Carolina Panthers uh, franchise and David Tepper, of course. And he said, you know, there's no reason to, to hold any bitterness towards him. Well, they fired you, Ron. So there's there's a reason to be to be potentially bitter if you were. And, uh, you know, not everybody takes those things the, the, the same way exactly. But um, he's he's doing the he's he's doing the right thing and he's not stirring the pot and he's not giving anybody in Carolina, whether it be in the organization or the media or even the fan base, a reason to add any more, uh, you know, uh, spice to this competition. than there's already going to be, like you said, with Cam Newton back uh, now in uniform for the Panthers and Ron Rivera coming back to Charlotte. You know, the, the game last year was a big deal and that was in Washington. So this one's going to be an even bigger deal. But I mean, I think human nature, right? You just, you have to believe that it means something. And I don't think it's, I think Ron is being truthful when he says no ill will. I don't think he necessarily harbors any, you know, bad intentions or anything. He spent a long time with the franchise, has some good success, the Super Bowl run that obviously, you know, didn't end the way they wanted to, but still a Super Bowl run and a highlight in his career. So I don't think he's necessarily being petty about or anything. Uh, A player was asked about uh, wanting to go kind of get the win for the coach. And uh, he kind of echoed the same type of sentiment that right now they're just focused on their team and what they need to do. And getting a win uh, in week 11 is a big step towards them achieving their goals as well. Yeah, and I guess he could be a little bitter, honestly, when you think about the the way he was relieved of his duties here in Carolina. It was with four weeks left into the season mm-hmm. in a year where he was asked to come back and be the head coach. David Tepper, the owner here in Carolina, could have moved on from Ron Rivera. It would have been within his rights to do so after that right. first season he was the owner and the Carolina Panthers fell down the stretch when they were started off six and two just fell apart. So he could have got rid of Ron, but instead he asked him to be the primary pay, play crawl on defense and to run a three, four defense. And then of course getting rid of him with four weeks left in the season on a Tuesday, which is the off day for teams yeah. out there. So just <laughs> kind of disrespectful in that way to do that to a guy who had been above board and been a saint here in Carolina for a number of years and really a great part of this community. So I can understand maybe where the bitterness might lie there. If they're, or, or any that he's harboring um, towards David Tepper and his organization. But he's not the only one returning to Charlotte on Sunday. Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, both quarterbacks here. T- Kyle Allen was the starter for the majority of 2019 season last time. Ron was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. But Heineke's mm-hmm. mainly been the guy so far this season. What have you seen from Heineke this year after coming off a big win against the Bucks on Sunday? Uh, he looks very much like a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of NFL experience. And, and that's, you know, that's the simplest way of putting it, but he also looks like a quarterback that you can see the reasons why he never really got his, his full opportunity uh, to be a starting quarterback, even in this season, you know, he's been the starting quarterback since really the, the second quarter of, of week one on and still, you know, week in week out, there's people writing, talking. I mean, we talk about it. We write about it, uh, about how, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was supposed to be the starter. Ron Rivera just as recently, as the bye week even mentioned how the quarterback situation wasn't supposed to be what it is right now. When they came into the season, they weren't expecting this type of a development. So it, it's kind of hanging around there, you know, not like it's being used against them necessarily, but uh, there you can see the reasons why the franchise wasn't wanting to go ahead with Taylor as a starting quarterback right off the bat, especially in a pursuit of, of back-to-back NFC East titles granted, you know, winning with the seven to nine record on all the jokes that come along with that, but trying to achieve something that this franchise hasn't done in quite a long time, uh, inaccurate at times, you know, uh, the, the bad decisions, indecision, indecision sometimes, uh, as well, you know, one game, you're going to wish that he uses athleticism more in the next game. Uh, you're going to wish that he wasn't even on the field sometimes coming off of his best game, uh, easily, I think of, of his career as an NFL starter, 
against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even if some of the stats and, and QBRs uh, and all that stuff aren't the quote unquote best of his career. I think from a functional standpoint and a play on the field standpoint, definitely his best game. And uh, I think coming up in, in this game, he's going to need, if not the exact same performance, maybe even a better one to beat uh, this Carolina Panthers defense. But, you know, there's there's development there. I don't know if if I'm sold right now that there's enough development there to say that he has a chance of being the starting quarterback uh, in 2022. He is under contract, so you know in theory he'll be back at least. But I do expect you know if if nothing drastically changes, at least a competition again. Maybe another veteran comes in. I don't know that they'll go rookie necessarily, depending on the draft spot that they're in. But I think he's he's proven he can hang right, be a serviceable backup. But right now. To me, that's that's what he is. He's an NFL backup. Here's what's confusing to me, looking on the outside in at the Washington football team. So Ron Rivera, mm-hmm. last two years, he's needed a quarterback. Rolled with Dwayne Haskins, who he inherited. It was a former first-rounder at Ohio State. Sorry, the Ohio State University. That obviously <laughs> did not work out. Then rolled with Taylor Heineke. Looked really good in the playoff game, but wanted to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has never taken a single team to the playoffs as a starting quarterback in the NFL. But apparently, Ron Rivera thought all of a sudden Fitzmagic was going to turn into a starting caliber quarterback in this league. He gets hurt. He has to be in a role of Heineke. He's had every opportunity to go out there and get a a guy like Cam Newton, who he said to Charlotte Media today that it was a very bold move, what they did, because they have some talent there to bring in Cam Newton. So why wouldn't he want to bring in Cam Newton, considering none of the quarterbacks that he's had in his tenure have been starting caliber quarterbacks in the National Football League? Yeah, that's that's kind of the confusing part, right? I mean, when you know, well, the team also did they did enter into conversations with the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford, so they they did try to go after a quarterback. That I mean, again, not you know, not yeah, the, sure, not exactly, sure, 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 they, they not try. exactly a playoff caliber resume either. But I mean, um, you know, the the talents I think is, is there at least better from what you've seen. So I mean, they did try to make some other moves. There were there were some conversations about whether or not they would try to trade up uh, in the draft to get a rookie. Obviously, that didn't happen, and he kind of hinted that leading up to the NFL draft that that wasn't going to happen uh, because of his experiences in Carolina of having a rookie quarterback and then trying to build around that guy. They wanted to build the team, insert the quarterback into the team. And I think that really was the plan with Ryan Fitzpatrick because, you know, while Fitzpatrick, you're, you're, you know, 100% right, he's never led a team to the playoffs and all that, they weren't necessarily looking for Fitzpatrick to lead the team to the playoffs. They were looking for the defense to lead the team to the playoffs and for the offense to put up enough points basically more points than whatever the defense could hold your opponent under uh, to get him enough wins to get in the postseason and then take it from there. And I think that was kind of the plan. Now, obviously coming into it, Fitzpatrick gets hurt. The defense didn't live up to expectations really uh, at all until a few weeks ago. And then they steadily actually been getting better despite the fact they've also been suffering uh, a lot of injuries, especially with Montez sweat and chase young now being out. So we'll see if that even uh, can continue trending in the, in the, in the right trajectory. I think really just in, in some aspects, Ron has basically said the lessons he learned in Carolina have made him kind of avoid committing fully to a quarterback before he feels like there is a team worth committing a quarterback to. Okay. And I think he's trying to stick to that gun. And I, I honestly was a little surprised after like week four, week five, that they weren't having the Cam Newton conversation because Taylor, uh, you know, he's looked better. He looked great, you know, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he's looked pretty good against the Atlanta Falcons, but by and large, he has not looked very good. And you have to imagine even Cam Newton at his age and some of the health concerns would be, if not an upgrade, a more entertaining equal. And and even that is is better than what you have. So I was a little surprised there. I don't know the full story, the relationship between the two. So I don't want to, you know, jump to conclusions, say there must be some sort of beef there or some sort of 
uh, rift there between the two gentlemen. But, you know, it, it was a little bit surprising that we didn't see the Cam Newton thing happen or at least come up in conversation. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, Cam and Ron obviously love each other. We go back to the preseason when they had the embrace up in Foxborough, when they had that preseason game. I, I can get why Moran Rivera maybe just wants to move on and move forward and have his own legacy outside of Cam Newton. Because when you are a head coach, like we kind of go back to New England, you are attached to that quarterback and you see Tom Brady goes down to Tampa Bay has success. And now people are questioning how great was Bill Belichick really? Now he has Patriots at six and four and it's like, oh, hey, he still is a good coach, but we should all calm down for a second. So I don't really blame Ron. I just thought it was interesting to stick with those guys in particular and to not give Cam Newton an opportunity. Yeah. Um, no, how about this though? Uh, and this is the last one I got for you. You brought up the defense and their struggles and how they've come along recently. And then a little bit of the injuries too. So we'll see how that goes. But another guy who's making a return here to Carolina is Joey Sly, who's on his fourth team so far this season. He's only there because Ron Rivera just cut Chris Blewett, whose last name is Blewett. And you can't imagine a starting kicker in the NFL <laughs> with the last name Blewett. It's going to work out. I remember right. him back at Pitt and that was the same joke. So we've been making him for like seven years now. But before then, he made a very puzzling decision to me to get rid of Dustin Hopkins, who's been a good mm -hmm. kicker. Like, was that shocking to you? Or like, how do you feel about that kicking situation for, for with the guy in Joey Sly, who was originally brought to Carolina by Ron Rivera and is now here in Carolina with, I mean, who's now there in Washington with him after being cut by the Panthers earlier this season. Yeah, the, the move to to get rid of Dustin Hopkins wasn't so much surprising. It was the timing of it. And Dustin Hopkins, you know, overall – by a lot of measurements, like you said, a successful NFL kicker, but here recently, especially in last season, he had some struggles uh, that, that had a lot of people kind of calling for competition. And that was like going all the way back to training camp. That was what was really, really weird. So um, you talk about the 2020 quarterback situation and, and maybe Ron's opportunity to go get a quarterback there. I really think the ownership and the team said, look, we don't necessarily need you to buy into Dwayne Haskins. Just give him the opportunity to prove that we're right. And I think that kind of precluded Ron from going and getting another quarterback to bring in because of that kind of agreement to give, give Dwayne Haskins an opportunity that he obviously didn't capitalize on. And then you kind of move into this season. He said, you know, the mistake we made last year was we're kind of all in on Haskins. And I don't think that was necessarily Ron's uh, decision per se. And so we want competition. We want competition everywhere. We want competition on the offensive line, defensive line, da, 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 no kicking competition. Like they didn't bring in another kicker, even a camp leg. And that was the confusing part because then in preseason, he's having all these struggles and there's all this talks about the process. I felt like I was covering the Philadelphia 76ers because it was, well, you know, <laughs> the snap to the hold, to the kick, to the timing, the process, the process, the process. Meanwhile, Justin Tucker is right up the road in Baltimore with a brand new long snapper himself drilling record setting field goals, you know, later on in the season, obviously, but having no problems with the quote unquote process. So a lot of grief was around the Dustin Hopkins situation. I think coach was was trying to rely on his special teams coordinator to say, look, we're going to fix it. We're going to let us let us work it and kind of let them have the autonomy to do so because the the move to cut Dustin Hopkins came shortly after Ron told the media may, and this is, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact quote, but maybe I need to reevaluate how I manage my team. And the next thing you know, Dustin Hopkins is cut. Landon Collins is being moved inside the box instead of a strong safety role. And the offense is all of a sudden using more of Taylor Heineke's athleticism. So I think those are the changes that Ron was talking about. So moving Hopkins, a lot of people celebrated it. Then they bring in, bring in Blewett, who at that point had never kicked in an NFL game, a live NFL game. That was the confusing part is we get making the move, but it seemed like you made the move without really knowing what the next move was going to be. And, you know, it's kind of like quitting your job, walking out and saying, oh, crap, I don't have a job. Um, 
And that was the confusing part. So as Chris blew it, blew his NFL opportunity, um, Joey Sly is a, convers- is a name that came up in our conversations uh, leading a week leading up to that move. And then it was made. And since then, Ron has said, yeah, well, you know, Joey wasn't available when we made the move. But the question still kind of remains, well, why did you make the move then? Why didn't you wait, you know, two more weeks with Dustin Hopkins? At least you know what you have there before making the move Joey Sly. We're never going to get that answer. But, yeah, it was a little perplexing. But, I mean, Joey Sly, after a five-for-five five total kick performance against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is the savior of the DMV. So, we love him here. <laughs> it's just funny that you bring up the lack of a camp leg for a struggling kicker. That was the same story here in Carolina with Joey Sly. And now mm-hmm. Joey Sly is up there as he's yeah. the third kicker in Washington. And Carolina's on their third kicker in Zang Gonzalez, who's really worked out. So, yeah. best of luck to Joey. Hope it works out for him. But he's also on his fourth team, and he's not a very good kicker. But either way, your problem, not ours anymore. <laughs> We'll take a quick pause here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Washington football team as it's another crossover Thursday. On the other side, David will ask me questions about the Carolina Panthers as the football team comes to Charlotte on Sunday afternoon. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, more now here, guys. Locked On Crossover Thursday for the Locked On Podcast Network. Carolina Panthers hosting the Washington football team. I'm David Harrison. He's Julian Council talking about this reunion. We've already kind of hinted at it, danced around it a little bit, Julian, but let's talk about it. Cam Newton back with the Carolina Panthers, back fully right he made sure to announce that very very loudly in cam newton fashion yes. uh last week which i was i was personally i was very happy so I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. there's a lot of cam newton haters out there um i've always kind of danced on the line of like man he really kind of seems a little selfish in his public persona but that's public persona i don't know what's going on behind the scenes a lot of people seem to love him so i kind of trust their value my locked on bucks co-host i know we're not talking bucks right now yeah hates cam newton like unnaturally hates a man he's never actually met in real life yeah. um, so i'm looking forward to seeing cam return looking forward to seeing ron and cam back on the same field in charlotte what are you expecting though week two i know he's going to get more or all the starter snaps right but how much freedom how much how much of a more of a cam newton-esque offense are you expecting this week against the uh, washington football team yeah and let me start off here too just addressing like the cam hate out there it's yeah. so interesting to me like on the outside if people think he's selfish Go back to Sunday afternoon after the game. Did he stand at the podium by himself? Absolutely not. No, he did not. You know, and I actually noticed that too. He stood there with Robbie Anderson. Yeah. And anybody who's ever played with Cam Newton has talked about just how much of a team guy he is, the energy that he has, and how he's the first guy in, last guy out, the old cliche. Like that is Cam Newton in his essence. Bill Belichick Mm -hmm. said nothing but positive things about Cam. And how he's such a team guy. But yet, there's still people out there who think Cam's a bad guy or that he's selfish when, since he's gotten back here to Carolina, he's talked about the past is the past. It's all irrelevant. This is not about me. This is about a football team that has a chance to win games. And I'm just coming in here and trying to help this team win. That's all I'm about. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to win. That's all I'm trying to do. It's not about Cam Newton. It's about the Carolina Panthers. He's made that very clear. And this is not new. This is who he's been his entire career. It's just folks have just wanted to ignore it 
because yeah. for whatever reason, they don't like the guy. And there are certainly reasons why they don't like them that we're not going to get into. But for the most part, he's been a pillar of the society here in Charlotte and the community. And he's also been a great team guy and a great team player. And I remember talking to Roman Harper, who used to play for the Carolina Panthers, but spent most of the time in his career with the Saints. And he said he had the thoughts of that Cam's, you know, selfish, interesting dude. Like, I'm not really sure about that when he came to Carolina. And all that reversed as soon as he got to know him and play with him. So yeah. that's just kind of a message out there to the folks out there who still hate Cam Newton for no reason, a person that they've never met. In terms of what to expect from him on Sunday, going to last week, only played nine snaps. He was, they had about 10 to 15 plays that they could have had him go out there and run in a small mm-hmm. package that they asked him to do after being signed on Thursday. Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, came out on Monday morning and said that Cam Newton would be taking the majority of the reps in practice with the first team. That has played out so far on Wednesday. That's what happened. He is in line to start, according to Matt Rule. That's what he said to the media on Wednesday afternoon. I would expect him to play probably every single quarterback snap out there on Sunday. P.J. Walker, who did an admirable job uh, starting on Sunday afternoon in the win against the Cardinals, he hopes to play a role but he also under, understands like what it is. They did not bring Cam Newton in here at the price that they paid him to come in, where he could potentially make $10 million based off the success that they have, but $6 yeah. million of it guaranteed, which is more than what Sam Darnold was getting paid this year to be the starting quarterback. Like Expect Cam to play the vast majority, if not every single quarterback snap on Sunday, of course, barring that he stays healthy throughout the entire game. Yeah, I mean, that, that the contract alone was amazing to me when I heard the details. But hey, I mean, kudos to the Carolina Panthers for going for it. They feel like they got something they might be able to capitalize on, and and uh, at least on the defensive side of the ball, if not the offense, we'll see what Cam can do with that offense. But on the defense side of the ball, they definitely do. And I mean, Brian Burns, one of my favorite players coming out of the draft the year he came out, so he's a guy I've been paying attention to. And my son loves Spider Man, so there's even more reason uh, to yes. pay attention to it there. And you know, the watch football team offense just hasn't been very efficient especially in the red zone and i mean when you look at the rankings for the carolina panthers defense that's where they're the worst is in the red zone uh 73.9 30th in the nfl but the rest of, i mean getting to the red zone is, is basically the hardest part of this whole thing so for the washington football team if you're you know if, if you're scott turner and i know you don't want to give away any any trade secrets that are going to hurt your fan base's you know viewing pleasure but how do you attack this carolina panthers defense if you're if you have a quarterback like taylor heineke who is some mobility, right? Not the most athletic, but but athletic enough. Uh, not the strongest arm is going to definitely have to throw some guys open or anticipate uh, against some coverages. And really, the the only healthy wide receiver you have uh, with a whole lot of uh, elite level talent is Terry McLaurin, and even him, limited participant in practice on Wednesday, banged up after uh, with a shoulder injury after that Buccaneers game. Yeah, I don't really know how they have success. Just looking at who's playing quarterback and. Taylor Heineke's had his moments, and I've enjoyed mm-hmm. watching him play at least, you know, at points in times when I have checked out Washington over the last two years, particularly the playoff game last year on that Saturday night against New England or against Tampa. Sorry, Tom Brady doesn't play in New England anymore. Um, either way, the best way to be able to get to this defense is for the Panthers offense to do nothing all day, because that's when the Panthers defense has struggled is when they've had to sit there out on the field for the majority of the day where in the first half they're dominant, but they get worn down, they get tired, they play too many snaps. And then you've seen in the third quarter and fourth quarter of some of their losses or probably the majority of their losses where you see they're tired and that's when teams start to be able to move the football. So really for the Washington offense to have success against the Panthers defense, they need the Washington defense to have success against the Panthers offense and be able to get off the field 
a lot so that their defense is rested and the Panthers defense is not rested. And that gives them an opportunity. I think that's honestly the best way to have a path towards success. Cause when I look at what the Panthers have with Brian Burns, who you brought up Hassan Reddick, who has 10 sacks so far on the season. It's just, they're, they're a problem. You got Stephon Gilmore. Now Dante Jackson's had a great season. AJ Boye has played really well as, as well. CJ Henderson, who they traded for Jeremy Chin. There's, like, there's so many names, like, the second best defense, out in the league and they're super fast. You're talking about that you don't have a ton of receivers available. It's and at least Brandon Sheriff's back, but it's going to be mm-hmm. a problem for Washington to go out there and have success for all four quarters against that Panthers defense. If they're able to be rested by a successful Panthers offense. Yeah. And that, and that's what, you know, I've said it kind of said earlier today, I've been kind of mulling this over my brain and I think locked on Washington football team audience might be a little surprised to hear me say that in order for Taylor Heineke to beat Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers, he's probably going to have to have a better performance than he, getting, than he did against Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champs. But then you have to real, remember, he's not facing Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. He's facing Brian Burns and the Carolina Panthers. And to your point, I yeah. mean, from what I count right here, five games, right? So far, if I have this right, where uh, the Carolina Panthers defense has, has held opponents to less than 15 points. And then even one of Carolina's losses, the defense held their opponent to just 21 points that come against Philadelphia Eagles. But like you said, the offense only able to put up 18 points in that game. So that's basically like, like you, like you just mentioned, uh, defense, defense through offense, keep, uh, keep them on the field and, and get the defense to keep Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers off the field. I'm looking at the injury report, Julian, from Wednesday. I don't see any major concerns. I mean, Marquise Haynes, uh, defensive end is a DNP for, for practice on Wednesday with a foot injury. Everybody else is either limited or full participants. And you only got four names. Um, Washington has more guys not participating that are starting caliber players on their roster than the entire Carolina Panther injury report. Uh, is this team really that healthy or are there guys that maybe, I don't want to say that the, the team is holding out and because, you know, that's, that's obviously illegal in the league rules, but are there other injuries or other players that you're concerned with uh, coming into this matchup? I mean, they're starting to get there. Um, JC Horn, the rookie corner who was their eighth overall pick first defensive player off the board who they took over a quarterback. He's, probably done for the season now he says he wants to be back for the playoffs and this team you know the way things are going they might be able to be a playoff team uh cam irving the starting left tackle he's on ir right now same with sam Darnold, as we all know so those are only three guys who are key contributors throughout the season and one of them who the carolina panthers don't need anymore and sam Darnold, are only guys who are really gonna be out in terms of ir you have a couple um offensive linemen and deontay brown a rookie and then john miller who started the majority of games at right guard this season who have been designated to return. Same thing with Daryl Johnson, who's a special teamer. If John Miller, if he's able to go out and play on Sunday, I don't know if he starts in place of Trent Brown, who's been starting in his place there the last couple of weeks since he's been on IR at right guard, but that would be the only kind of injury where I see like someone coming back. But other than that, yes, the Carolina Panthers have gotten healthy when they were dealing with a lot of guys who were injured. Like they got Shaq Thompson back recently. They've been able to get Stephon Gilmore, uh, who's dealing with uh, the, the issue that with the, with the pup list. He's back. Miles Hartfield also plays out there in their secondary. Like, this is the healthiest that they've been since probably week one, week two, week three of the season. And they just got Pat Elfline back last week, who's now filled in for Matt Paradis, who's a starting center uh, for the Carolina Panthers. But he's now going to be there at center, which is the versatility that they brought him in for, where he can play guard and he can play center. So that's kind of worked out for the Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, they're they're fairly healthy for a team heading into uh, week 11 of the NFL season. Absolutely. And, and like we've already mentioned, uh, uh, an uphill climb definitely for the Washington football team. No surprise that they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs heading into this matchup with the Carolina Panthers. Julian, we got one more segment. We're going to make some predictions and 
And uh, I have a feeling I think I know where we're going with these predictions, but uh, we, we got to make them anyway and put them on the record. Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From the NBA, college basketball, college football, the NFL, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here, Crossover Thursday, Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers. He's David Harrison, the host of Locked On Washington football team. Sunday afternoon, it's homecoming here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Cam Newton's back, Ron Rivera's back, Taylor Haneke's back, Kyle Allen's back. The franchise, as some of the folks there in Carolina wanted to call him there for a little bit in 2019, you will never be forgiven by yours truly. You also have Joey Sly back for his second revenge game of the season against the Carolina Panthers, who cut him before the season. David, let's talk about some uh, keys to victory, a little bit of predictions here on the show. And well, you go ahead, you start off with the keys to the Washington football team winning this game on Sunday afternoon in Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I like what you said earlier. I think third down is, is going to be the key. And, I mean, first and foremost, for the Washington football team defense, getting Carolina uh, to third down and, and and uncomfortable, right? Third and five-plus is, is has, has to be a, a thing that happens, which means you got to win on first, got to win on second down. Jonathan Allen is still there, hopefully tearing up the middle of the offensive line. We'll see what happens on the edge with uh, Chase Young now missing his first full game since his injury that he suffered last week and Montez Sweat out for his second game. Right now, uh, you know, the Washington football team defense, not great against uh, teams in third downs. 55.2% of third downs are being converted against them. That's dead last in the NFL. So that's a big ask already. Uh, but like you kind of already talked about, if they can keep uh, the Carolina Panthers offense on the sideline as much as possible, and if Taylor Heineke can extend, I mean, listen, three 11-minute uh, drives would be amazing for this Washington football team offense if they can put that together. I don't know if that's too much to ask as well. Uh, but I think, yeah, winning on third down is going to be the key, which really ultimately means winning on first and second down. So I guess uh, winning on all three downs, Julian, is is the key to a Washington victory. Yeah, the storyline for Carolina is obviously going to be about Cam Newton and his return to Bank of America Stadium and what he can do on offense. And I talked about this on my show the other day um, with the guests I had on that the message that they should have here in Carolina should be similar to the one that they had with Sam Darnold when they were trying to sell him to this fan base, which was despicable in its own right. Um, mm -hmm. But that Sam Darnold was coming in here just to play his own role and that he didn't need to be a superhero and all that. And of course, Cam is Superman and every and everything we had seen here in Carolina for those nine seasons. But he's probably a different Cam Newton now. 
He's certainly more mature. His passing in terms of his accuracy has gone up as the offenses have evolved throughout his time in the league, and he's proven when he's been healthy the last couple of seasons that he can work within the frameworks of an offense. But still, he's trying to learn the playbook. He's trying to learn his offense and get the timing with his receivers. So it's not necessarily about what Cam Newton does, but he needs to do more than what Darnold and P.J. Walker did in the last couple of weeks when they had played and the Panthers were struggling. Take care of the football. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. When the Carolina Panthers, and this is simple football. It's a simple stuff that people say all the time. But when they take care of the ball, they win games. When they don't take care of the ball, they lose football games. They don't need Cam to go out there, throw for 300 yards, and run all over everybody on Sunday against Washington. They just need him to move the football, get it to his receivers like Robbie Anderson, who finally got involved last week, and DJ Moore, and then allow Christian McCaffrey, a guy who I forgot to mention who's now back from injury, let him cook, and this team will be just fine. Because defensively, going up against Taylor Heineke, Heineke's better than Zach Wilson, obviously. He's better than um, who's the court? Davis Mills down in Houston. He's better than Case McCoy or Colt McCoy, but like he's also not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. And this defense has eaten up the likes of those guys so far this season. So I think the defense will take care of business as long as the offense goes out there and moves the football and takes care of the ball. I don't see how Carolina is not going to come out on top on Sunday, even if Ron Rivera does say that he has a few tricks up his sleeve for Cam, who he coached and probably knows how to defend better than anyone out there, even though no one's ever been able to defend Cam Newton when he's been at the top of his game. Right. Yeah. That's, that's going to be the big question, man. Uh, yeah. He said he's got uh, some, some notes that he's been saving just for this type of situation. But again, I mean, you can game plan all you want at the end of the day, it's all about execution. And uh, unfortunately for the Washington football team defense, it hasn't been their strong suit during the, uh, the largest part of the season, but uh, some, some reason to be hopeful, even with the loss of Chase Young and Montez sweat, but Definitely an uphill uh, climb for the Washington football team, which, of course, is going to lead us to our game previews. Julian, I'll let you uh, home team. I'll let you go first on that one. What's your what's your game prediction here? Yeah. Hmm. Thinking about it. What's 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 the line right now? Uh, trying to get on a bet online right now. Our friends over there. They have yeah, Carolina, Carolina by three and a half as of three and uh, a half afternoon. Yeah. I like that. I like that number. Even I think it's probably going to be closer. I think it's going to be pretty close. I, I will take Carolina at home. It's just the the emotion in that building. And here's one of the big things about bringing back Cam Newton. This fan base was pretty checked out. And they this is a, a transplant city, my hometown of Charlotte. It hurts my heart how many people have moved here and, and taken over this city from Buffalo and all these other places across the country. But it's good for us economically and all that. But either right. way, that stadium on Sundays has become basically – a road environment. The Eagles mm-hmm. took over it, which you've seen in Washington happen before. Um, the Vikings shockingly took over it, and the Patriots, not so shockingly, took over that stadium. It's not going to be like that on Sunday. Now that Cam Newton's back, now that Ace Boogie, Ace Boogie's back in town, everyone's going to be fired up for that game with Ron Rivera come back to town. Just think about the emotions in that building and the energy that they had last Sunday. I don't see how the Carolina Panthers don't come out on top. And I understand that Washington played a good game against Tampa Bay on Sunday afternoon. They got to feel good about themselves, but losing Chase Young, that's another blow to that defense. Heineke, he's solid, but he's prone to turn the football over. And this defense has gotten a lot of takeaways this season. I think Carolina wins this game, and I think they cover. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got to go Carolina as well, and I'm probably looking at about a five-point spread that, that, that uh, Carolina would be able to cover in this one, you know. Uh, again, Taylor Heineke, it's it's great to see him have the performance he did. He's a, he's a great young man to cheer for uh, and a story that you want to see have success. Maybe Disney can turn it into a movie someday. Uh, but until you see him start to put these types of performances together in, in strings and be consistent, it's hard to expect him to 
to show that type of consistency and going up against a defense against Carolina Panthers that again ranks you know top five, top ten in in most, if not top fifteen in every de- important defensive statistic category, does not bode well for for young Mr. Heineke who has had some issues uh, with decision making and and ball placement against some better defenses. And you know again, I know the, the performance against the Buccaneers, but that Buccaneers defense is a far cry from what uh, the, the the defense that won the Super Bowl. Uh, this last February. So again, still not comparing apples to apples in that type of situation either. I would say that this Panthers defense is better than what the Buccaneers have on the field these days so far. Uh, Just because of those reasons, you know, it's hard for me to throw all my weight behind Taylor Heineke. Would love to see it. Would love to see another great performance from the young guy. And uh, and then again, you flip over to the defensive side of the ball, trying to contain Cam Newton and all the other weapons that you just rattled off without your two edge setters. Uh, it just seems like too much of a hill for this team to climb, especially on the road, especially coming off of such an emotional win. I think a lot of people forget a little bit of that. The emotional win can give you such an extreme high, but a lot of times the week after that, sometimes teams lay, lay an egg following something like that. Yeah, no doubt there'll be a ton of emotion Sunday afternoon here in Uptown Charlotte as the Washington football team visits the Carolina Panthers in a, a big game for both of these teams who hope to stay in the NFC wildcard race that is still wide open, even for a Washington team sitting there at three and six overall. Make sure to check out Locked On Panthers and Locked On Washington football team wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, guys. Don't be a hater. Give us five stars. And also check me out on Twitter at Julian Council and check him out on Twitter. David, what's your Twitter? Uh, it's at D Harrison 82 D Harrison 82. That's simple folks. Thanks again for listening here on a crossover Thursday, locked on Panthers and locked on Washington football team. We will talk to y'all. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.